Okay, so an ARG is an interactive network narrative that uses the real world as a platform and employs transmedia storytelling to deliver a story that may be altered by player input. Realistically, this is done via puzzles or by interacting with a fictional character on social media or by email. An example of an ARG is Perplex City, which ran from 2005 to 2007, with its conclusion leaving only one unsolved puzzle, a billion to one. And this leads us to today's topic. The film Finding Satoshi, directed by Laurent Barthelemy. My name is David. And my name is Terry. And today we're going to be talking about Finding Satoshi. So if I'm not mistaken, Terry, you're not really huge into ARGs, correct? Yeah, no, I, I really didn't know what they were until we watched this movie. Cool, cool. Well, I, I'm, I'm a bit of like an online nerd. I kind of like puzzles. I've never participated in one myself, but there was one that sort of kind of captivated me but sort of disappeared into the ether it was a uh i don't even know what to call it it's just an arg called cam drone which it all started with like this this stall that just opened up during like 2013 packs that just had like an old-fashioned boxy computer uh and it was sort of switching between like supposedly real or real in quotes uh, live streams of people being murdered by some dude in a doll mask. There was a lot, whole lot of things uh, attached to it. Like for a while, Camdrone had a Twitter account, but last time I heard of it, the game that this was supposed to be like viral advertisement for just sort of like got stuck in development hell. So yeah, there's a lot of good ARGs out there. But today we're going to be talking about one in specific and we already introduced it. So yeah, well, what are your thoughts about finding Satoshi and the, the ARG that it is about? I mean, I, I found it interesting in the fact, like, I'm not very good at puzzles myself, but I appreciated it almost felt like um, like collectible cards, but like to earn them. So like kind of we were saying, like, you have to like figure out a puzzle and each one has like a rarity depending on the difficulty of the puzzle. And like as like a game premise, that seemed pretty neat, although... To a certain degree, I didn't fully understand how that was like. I like you. You figured it out IRL, like outside of like message boards. Yeah, this was very very early internet kind of puzzle where it wasn't entirely hosted online. They sort of passed it out via like trading cards, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. Where it's like puzzles as a form of trading card, but they also had like rarities where. The difficult ones were silver, and the most easy ones, or the easiest ones, were, like, of a different ranking. And then they also integrated it with, like, online. It's like, it wasn't a purely offline thing, but it wasn't also a purely online thing either. And I think that was very interesting. A very interesting approach to, like, delivering these puzzles. Oh, absolutely. And I guess, like, I don't know, the main part that interested me is the fact that, like, it was shown in the movie that, like, people, even not in the UK got in on the craze that was uh, perplexity. So I was like, I don't know, just the concept of like puzzles specific to the UK gaining popularity in the US. Well, I think that that kind of taps into what I think the thesis of Finding Satoshi is, which like, if you don't mind, do you think, would you mind if I summarize Finding Satoshi in a very meme sort of way? Yeah, go for it. What if the Satoshi was the friendship we made along the way? Because that's that's really it. Like the 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 idea is that like there is this quest to find Satoshi, this this answer to a billion to one card, and it. But what the film focuses on less 
I mean, it does focus on like the actual process of how they eventually found Satoshi, but they put a whole lot of emphasis on the community that sort of formed around solving this puzzle. The the point is, is that there is like a very ingrained sense of like community that isn't blocked by like it, like an international community, you know, like they, they talked about that um, Japanese sort of like enclave in Germany. Was it Germany? No, it was France, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in France. Yeah, that sort of like Japanese enclave in like France and how like one of the designers of the puzzles uh, through perplexity and the sort of culture around it met with someone, a player during a uh, like a convention and they started like a lasting friendship that eventually became a relationship, which eventually became a marriage, which is like a very beautiful thing to see. Which is kind of ironic, given the reveal of how they find Satoshi. Do you mind talking about that for a little bit? Yeah, like, I don't know, the way that, okay, so not, like, yeah, to just kind of say, like, using, like, artificial, like, face recognition software kind of, I don't know, kind of swept the legs out from under what I feel the, like, the film was trying to do. Lasting connection via the internet or, like, this sense of web-based community. It almost invalidated, like the community it's like oh yeah you know we came together we made some friends and we didn't find satoshi we threw it in a computer you had the the computer just brute forced like comparing satoshi's face to every other image it could find until it found a match like i feel like it would have been a lot better well i know this is like this is me trying to like say hey reality storyline bad but like it would have felt a lot better like narratively if they never found satoshi at the end and then it focused back to like well hey we all made a bunch of friends on the internet or something yeah that that's why i say like the moral of the story is that like the satoshi was uh the true satoshi was the friendship we made along the way but yeah it's very interesting because like the the designer of the puzzle itself said that he based this around the, the principle of like six degrees of separation which states that like any human being on earth can be connected to another human being on earth through like six degrees, like through like a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. And then you eventually get to any other given human being on the planet. Like there's this idea that we are as a species like connected. And there, there is truth to that because we are a social species and we are in a world where it is so easy to go out and to meet someone from an entirely different walk of life, from an entirely different country, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was, I know we can't really like deny reality, but I totally agree with you where like, if this had been made before we had ever found Satoshi, I think it would have been a much more satisfying sort of watch. But at the same time, I think in a world where like AI is like starting to take, not really take, but it's like it's popping up in places where a lot of people think it shouldn't. Like you hear about that, that like art competition where like someone submitted uh, something like an art piece, a digital art piece that was made by an AI and like got placement. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, it's like AI taking over things that feel like they should be done by humans but 
by virtue of automation, people are programming AI to be able to create something very similar. And like, I don't know if it's like fully relevant to the film, but I feel like, I don't know, there's almost like a true shift in the internet where they're like, I feel like, you know, back in like the early 2000s to the mid 2000s, there was like this like innocent camaraderie to it of like, oh, I'm making friends on the internet. This is so much fun. Maybe like we'll like send each other postcards or whatever the fuck. And then like, I don't know, the internet like in this at the end with like the AI just and like how the internet just is nowadays, like, I don't know, it feels like more, for lack of a better term, like robotic and cold. Yeah, because we are in an age that is driven primarily by algorithms where like the content we consume is often presented to us because an algorithm looks at what we what captures our interest and then presents us with something that a essentially a, a complex math equation has uh, come to the conclusion that like, okay, based off of what you've liked before or what you've watched a lot of before, you're going to like this. It's a lot more difficult nowadays to really reach out and find something that's outside your bubble. And we kind yeah. of see that like in so many different ways. Like, you, it's not exploring the internet anymore. Like, I remember back when I very first got on the internet, like, discovering, like, a new website or, like, a new YouTuber or, like, an article that was really neat or anything like that felt like, man, how did I stumble upon this? Now, it'll be like, oh, we see you've been vaguely thinking about this video game and, like, this book for the past week. Here you go. Here's, like, <laughs> 80 different things about it and, like, a dude who does a podcast all about it. Like, there's no... It's like f force shoveled into your face. There's no, I don't know, flexing of the internet muscle, if that makes any sense. Yeah, you can look up like reviews for a video game and then suddenly all everywhere you go, you see ads for that same video game. Or like even like tangential topics, like, for example, I, I've been like very interested in like uh what what's the like the, the dark pictures anthology where it's like an interactive horror movie and the most recent iteration is like hh holmes and like a copycat serial killer or whatever so i've been looking looking that up and now like when i go search something in hulu like one of the top recommended things is like an actual like made for tv documentary about hh holmes which is kind of scary because there's some sort of working algorithm that is somehow like picking up on search trends and like, oh, this is fascinates you. So here you go. Here's something just like that. Whereas before in like, as we are sort of quote calling the the old Internet, I would have had to like dug around to find something like that. Doing the whole nostalgic cloud around like what the Internet was, but like. I don't know. Before, the internet seemed like kind of a secondary thing to, like, the real world. So, like, having those online friends were, like, a novelty. But now it's, like, I feel like society is, instead of, like, and the internet being a secondary, it's being a primary. So, like, it's less, I don't know. To, to finish that off, I mean, like, the way that we're recording this podcast is via the internet. Like, 95% of the people who I'm friends with interact via the internet more than like in person so it's this sort of it's grown to become like this this dominating presence in our life where like if i were if perplexity were to occur i think it would be entirely online and i i think a lot of the puzzles would kind of lose their novelty because within 
five minutes of a puzzle being released, the the answer would be posted on the front page of Reddit. Oh, 100%. And I mean, I guess they could maybe, like, get away with doing stuff like that. I mean, like, look at Pokemon Go had, like, a big boom for a while. So I think that could be, like, a good, like, new version of it where, like, I don't know. Oh, like an app? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, some kind of app that, like, had your location and then, like, randomly generated stuff around your city or, like... Or, like, program stuff on, like, major landmarks, kind of like they did with the Pokestops. Like, hey, if you go to the town square, there'll be a riddle. And then you'll have to, like, I don't know. I feel like something like that could exist Yeah, it'll, it'll go to a place physically and it'll issue you a, like, a riddle. Maybe turn around and, like, use that uh, AI power to, like, develop really complex puzzles. And so they're randomly generated and they're randomly issued. So like the likelihood of actually like Googling something online to find the answer, like what is the answer to this would be like, like not possible or at least very unlikely to happen. Yeah. And or like, if it was made like IRL, have it where it's like, basically, like your phone, you can almost do like a second, third dimension to it where like stuff appears within your camera. So, like, say with, like, a puzzle where you have to, like, check a certain area or look around as part of the clue, like, you're looking through your camera lens, and then, like, as you're scanning the object, and it'll be programmed to be there. Oh, uh. yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Well, like, I mean, speaking of puzzles, like, there's there's supposedly a lot of puzzles, like, in this movie as well. Because we, we were watching, like, an online screener, so unfortunately we didn't have the luxury of being able to like take an entire weekend and just like obsess over every frame. But I am kind of looking forward to seeing when this film gets like a wider release, whether it's like on streaming or on Blu-ray or whatever, just like being able to sort of tackle it because this this film does engage with the playful spirit of perplexity and sort of seeds a whole bunch of things in the background and we started to work on it a little bit before like we realized like hey we don't have the time to do this yeah but like another thing that i really liked and i was surprised that i liked was that willem dafoe narrates at least the english version of this film and i never quite realized just how much of a voice for radio that guy has Oh yeah, like he did a lot better than I thought he would. I don't know. I just want to. He- I want to hear more of Willem Dafoe. I want to hear him like do more audiobooks or something like that. I want a a documentary about dinosaurs narrated by Willem Dafoe specifically. Oh yeah, just just take like Sir David Attenborough and just replace him with. Let's just recast him as as Willem Dafoe. Just imagine like the Green Goblin. It's like, are you in or are you out of this documentary? I. I would 100% watch that. So, so Terry, would you recommend this film? Um, I think I would. It kept my interest enough, and then, like, the declaration that there was a puzzle at the end made me, like, want to watch it again. So, I'll call that a win. Yeah, I, I would I would have to echo that. It wasn't super something I was into, but it's short. It's only, like, an hour long. You could just take a moment to sit down between, like work just take a break watch it and especially to people who like enjoy who are the people who are the target demographics for ARGs are going to love this because it's about ARGs it's about puzzles it's about the sort of communities that they already kind of form cuz like every time a new ARG comes out like a new subreddit pops up a new discord community pops up so i think a lot of people would be pleased to see the the process of that uh 
sort of recorded for the wider world to see. And then on top of that, the fact that there is like a puzzle embedded puzzle, a puzzle or puzzles. I'm not entirely sure, but the fact that that kind of interactivity is ingrained into the background of this film sort of guarantees that you're going to be watching it like several times. So I would also give it a recommend. Alrighty. Until next time, I'm David. I'm Terry. And we don't have a signing off phrase, so just have a good day.